Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. Now, did you intentionally wear very similar glasses to Barbara Crampton in this movie? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> this kind of, I mean, not obviously the whole movie, but the start of the movie when she first shows up, she's got like the glasses on and she's got the the suit jacket the and all that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the conservative part of her story before the later part where it gets a bit more. After the downfall. After <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into it. This movie's called From Beyond. This is a science fiction movie podcast. Uh, we get together, we talk about, yeah, we talk about a movie we've watched. I can't speak. That's a good say for this episode, isn't it? Uh, so we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. This is a film directed by Stuart Gordon, the same director as Reanimator, um, which also starred Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs, who's also in this. But this also features... Uh, our, our main man from Dawn of the Dead, Ken Faree. Also, Keenan's dad, if you ever watched Keenan and Kel. That was his later sort of role. Um, is he is he Bubba? He's Bubba, yeah. That's Bubba. Ex-pro football player? Turned cop. <laughs> yes. Which I actually, I, I'll be honest, I, this is like the third time I've seen this movie, and I always forget that he's a cop. Like... It's like casually mentioned later on. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. He's like, that's why he's there. He's like a bodyguard. He's like a yeah. He seems like he's just a driver. <laughs> uh, well, I think he's there and, for like, pro- and protect her yeah. from from uh, Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs, who's possibly crazy. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, like so. Yes, but anyway, uh, this is a weird movie in a lot of ways. This, this, it's a weird one to kind of describe. Uh, it does technically, when it comes up with the title, it says H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond, much like Reanimator. Um, I have no idea how, like, faithful it is to a Lovecraft idea, or if it's just kind of a broad, like, concept that Lovecraft had that they've shoved in a movie and they're using it. Yeah. You know, kind of in the same way that, like, I don't know, Tom Clancy's name gets thrown around on, like, every Ubisoft video game these days. <laughs> I'm going to go out, my, out, out, out on the limb here and say that Tom Clancy didn't uh, have anything to do with Ghost Recon Wildlands. <laughs> For a start, he's dead. But you know, well, it's Tom Cl- Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, though. It's Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yes, it's just adapted. But it's not. <laughs> they they literally bought the rights to the name, so they could just keep throwing the name on things that are vaguely in the genre of Tom well, Clancy the, things. This is a short story, but it's like very short. It's like seven pages or something. Oh, from beyond. Yeah. I don't uh, know if it has the same name or not, but the what they took the the source material is apparently quite short. I mean, I I, I could I could I could understand that. Like, given the concept that's in the movie, I could totally see how it's just the oh, there's this machine there's, and there's this idea of like what it reveals, and that's it. I could see that with the entire story, and then they've just mm-hmm. went and wrote a script that incorporates that idea, like which is fine. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. hell, yeah, you could have an idea starting from somewhere. Good, good a place as any. So, yeah. Uh, the premise, the basic premise of this is that Jeffrey Combs was working with a scientist and they built a machine that enhances the brain so that you can see another, I don't want to say dimension necessarily, but it's almost like there's like another reality that's just out of sync with ours that has various creatures in it. And they're always around us, but they can't see us and we can't see them. Right. But uh, th- this machine 
takes that away, and all of a sudden you can see each other. And it has, like, sort of a mysterious, horrific thing happens at the start of the movie. He looks like he's murdered someone, and they think he's crazy. But then in comes Crampton, the Cramper, as I like to call her. She comes in, and... No. No. <laughs> the Krampus? No? No one's ever called her that. The Krampus, the... The, the, there's got to be a good nickname here with, with, with Cramp in it. No? Cramptonator? I don't know. It's sure I'll show my boobs on screen. Crampton. <laughs> what, it's still true today. I just watched uh, Jacob's Wife uh, and that came out this year and she yeah. took her boobs out in that too. So, Bless um, her. Yeah. Still, still a very confident woman. Uh, good for her. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh yes so they go back to the house because she wants to study this machine and recreate the experiment for some reason the police and like the well i mean the doctor's kind of against it but the police are like you know what yeah this sounds like a good idea i'll send one cop in with you and you can go and do this crazy experiment again and see what happens even though the last time someone tried this experiment seemingly it got someone killed their head cut off <laughs> yes so the logic behind letting her do this is like the only thing i can assume is that this uh middle-aged detective is like you're really pretty i'll let you do whatever you want miss crampton whatever you want to do (laughs) you can go do it no questions asked because nothing else makes sense no it's uh she's trying to establish whether or not he's crazy and there is some there's some evidence to suggest that he's not so they're just following up on it it's for it's for the case. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's. I don't know. Like, it's weak. I guess. It, it, yeah, it's 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 strenuous at best, right? <laughs> the logic of letting her take this potentially crazy person who might have twisted off a man's head, <laughs> and leaving her alone. I mean, yes, with one cop there as a, like a protective. Mm-hmm. person but like he's Jeffrey that. Combs he's a tiny little thing yeah but he's very intense and he's overact and I say this with he love very but he, he he loves to overact like he's a crazy person anyway even like there's several times at the start of this movie when I think just see if you stop yelling and like try to struggle maybe you wouldn't sound as I mean it, it still <laughs> sound kind of crazy but you wouldn't seem as psychotic <laughs> <laughs> just in general well I mean he's witnessed some some shit you know the, yeah, pretty, yeah, it's pretty extreme. There's, there's no denying that. Uh, he definitely so, doesn't want to be there. So naturally, wants to get back to the house, which is where most of the movie set. Not all of it, but most of it. Um, the experiment is tried again, and we begin to see and learn more things, and it has an effect on them, and we'll get into all the rest of it in spoilers. So, uh, Tara, how do you feel about From Beyond? Well, I requested that we watch this one so because i really like it (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes i'm also a fan of the reanimator films i've watched them all and fairly recently i'm not i've only recently dipped my toes into the works of Stuart gordon and uh well we did one of his films on the um the bonus episode we did robot jocks after i'd watched the reanimator so big fan and a big fan of jeffrey combs and because I like those other movies, Barbara Crampton as well falls under that category. And uh, yeah, this movie is very uh, disgusting. <laughs> it's got a lot of high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's got some gratuitous nudity and very stimulating film in many ways. So it, it's uh, it's great. No, it was definitely stimulating. I'll uh, yeah. I'll say that. That's that's what you, that's what you want from horror movies, right? Just that stimulation. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's you know I um, there was a couple of disgusting moments in it. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to agree what the disgusting moments are necessarily, but uh, there is a couple of disgusting moments. And yeah, I've got some. It, it's it's actually kind of a sci-fi Hellraiser in some ways. Oh, it's very Hellraiser, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some parallels to Hellraiser. And what's funny is this actually came out before Hellraiser did. Um, mm-hmm. But um, This movie is very much about something specific and something very mid-80s specific. Which I don't think Hellraiser was, but maybe if I watched it now with this lens, it, it would be. Well, I think Hellraiser goes deeper into... Because like, what we're comparing it to Hellraiser with, I think Hellraiser does more of it and goes further into it than this does. But yeah. there's definitely some parallels and, and some themes between the two mm-hmm. films. Uh, whereas that's like, you know, a, like straight up horror because it's unleashing these demon figures that are to do with like sadomachism. See it? S and M. I'll just say S and M. I keep wanting to say Sado mechanism. <laughs> I'm like, what's up? That's Tetsuo. That's Tetsuo. <laughs> now, surely Sado mechanism is just like the apparatus she used to perform S and M. Like, oh, it's the um, what's the uh, the the Robert Pattinson one then with the chair. <laughs> oh, <laughs> high life with the Delta chair. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah so, so that goes deep into that right uh whereas this is more about it does, uh, you know obviously the, the the doctor who was doing these experiments you know he, he wanted to have more stimulation and part of that was like experiencing the wonders of this new thing um of, of unlocking the pineal gland and letting all these new experiences sort of come in and uh, but of course, but the way he kind of becomes enraptured with it, and like kind of, it kind of feels like, oh, this this is kind of Hellraiser because he was already kind of into kinky shit, and this was about him kind of expanding into a new level of pleasure, a new level of sensation. Uh, so there's definitely a, a comparison there between them. Uh, I like the movie quite a bit too. Uh, I think there's a lot of great practical effects. There's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, squirmy stuff. Uh, I think the trio of cast is actually kind of a. Almost, it's almost called a light in a bottle. Uh, now, I know that technically Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs have already been in a movie together and they were both tied heavily to Stuart and they Gordon. Did, um, they but, did Castle Freak also. Yeah, but that movie sucks, so it's fine. Uh, no, I like that one. <laughs> uh, but these two did work together already. Uh, Castle Freak was later. Uh, but Ken Faree, like bringing him in from Dawn of the Dead, uh, like you have kind of this like trio of like cult genre actors that, you know, they all, they all do well at conventions, right? They're all signing a bunch of autographs. They've all got cues at the tables. You know? <laughs> They're all it, like, hey, why don't we just do a movie together? <laughs> this is not like that, like, I don't know, like the, the dad from Troll 2 who goes to a horror convention and just sits there sad and, like, only a few people want to come up and talk to him. I'm uh, sure he's got some fans. He probably does. Uh, I, I only said him because I, I, I've seen the clip from Best Worst Movie where... Like he finds out that the movie Troll Two has this following because it's like the the well the best worst movie, <laughs> and he has this moment where he's at a convention and he sort of looks around and kind of critiques all these sad people who come to conventions, and then <laughs> and then realizes that he's become one of them. 
Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, I was thinking uh, when I used to go to Comic Con in San Diego, which was a long time ago, but like there was um, the guy who died not too long ago. Uh, he played like the clown in. Uh, he's in all the like House of Rob Zombie films, like House of a Thousand Corpses and Oh the yeah, Rejects. yeah, yeah. Um, he's in Jackie Brown as well. Is he? Sid Haig. Yes, Sid Haig. Yeah, I saw him sitting in the bench, like to sign autographs and like everybody was just skipping his table just so sad I, I went and talked to him for a little bit because i had seen a house of thousand corpses that's all i knew him from did he Even make, i didn't like the movie <laughs> did he make you buy anything uh no no okay. i mean he offered because I, I i've i've heard uh <laughs> I, I hear that's more admittedly with wrestlers than i do with actors but there's some wrestlers who go to the conventions and like it's like if you make eye contact with them, they're going to make you buy something. <laughs> like you have to avoid <laughs> eye contact at all costs. <laughs> I, no, I mean they're obviously there to make money. Like that's yeah. the promise of them being there is that they can sell headshots and pictures and stuff like that. So, um, I talked to him, but I didn't buy anything. Do, I mean, do he you was know, by himself? Do you know that Tommy Wiseau apparently sells Tommy Wiseau underwear when he's at conventions? Oh, I know he's got that website. Yeah, yeah, he sells his underwear. It's. Uh... Yeah, not not in like a like a. It's good a, to have a passion. It's not in like a well. At least I mean, it's Tommy Wiseau. Maybe it is, but I'm assuming it's just his, his the underwear he makes. It's not like oh, I wore this underwear, so it's sexy. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. By, by, by my I underwear. mean, I, I wouldn't buy it though, because like I'm sure the the area for the genitals is way too high <laughs> to like the right. <laughs> right. <laughs> or is it too low? It would be too low, huh? I'm trying to. Well, no, because his anatomy is all wrong in the sex scene. Well, he was he was aiming for the belly button a little, like so. Yeah, I, yeah. So it would be like down, down like on the the left knee or something. Well, it depends. Are you meant to wear them all the way up so they're up covering your belly button, or <laughs> <laughs> there's some logistics here that I think. Uh, yeah, don't I add just up. the anatomy will be all wrong. <laughs> this is not really human. Yeah, he he also sells uh, uh, football jerseys, but he's, he's he doesn't understand. So they're tuxedos, but that's uh, that's another. Story. Huh. Yeah, that was, was just a joke. It was an okay. If you've seen I the laugh. room, it's an okay joke. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, where was I? Yes, uh, delightful cast, delightful cult horror sci-fi cast, for sure. Um, and and I would argue, like you know, some I mean, you called it horror, and I I would say it is horror, but I would argue this is more sci-fi than it is horror. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the I way mean, you, like you're working with the machines, way it's you, very Frankenstein. The way you rush to agree with me there <laughs> tells me so much about how much you agree with me. Well, it, it's easy to think horror because well, it's pretty grotesque, and also, uh, the. Just the the other films of with this cast and this you know crew says horror. Although maybe you can count. Uh, You're the, the one who wanted to do it on the show. You're sitting here arguing with me that it's more horror. No, I'm not arguing. No, I'm just okay. saying like it's easy to connect the two. Uh, like that's probably why I said horror. Uh, okay, but it okay. is definitely a science fiction film. Yeah, well, it's mad science. It's just monsters. It's like it's essentially transdimensional aliens. Different dimensions. Yeah. Yeah, like. Um, it's, it's all these things. Uh, definitely though, there is a lot of like body violence and you know some. I wouldn't necessarily say gore, 
per se? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't eat a meal while watching it. No, no, no. It's, I mean, it's definitely disgusting, but it's... Like, the reason why I'm not classing it as gore is because the stuff that's weird tends to be extra things that aren't normally on the human body. <laughs> so, I don't know if I'd count it as gory per se. Maybe it's a weird distinction in my head, but, like... When you have, like, someone who's grown, like, an, like an extra arm, if that extra arm... And this is not something that's in the movie, I'm just using a hypothetical. But if someone's grown, like, a weird, deformed extra arm, and then that gets cut off, I don't think of that as, go like, gore <laughs> in the same way. Well, I don't know. Like, when I think of, like, the reanimator, where it's just a bunch of body parts getting, like, getting sentient and <laughs> moving on their own, and, like, I, I, but getting to giant size and stuff like that, that, that seems like gore to me also. Well, not so much the giant size, because that's too comical, but, I mean, but for the rest of what you just said, though, those are still regular human body parts. Yeah, but they get, the, the reanimator fluid causes them to engross and become alive. <laughs> yeah, I know, but at that point, I would stop calling it gore. At that point, I would say it's, like, silly, practical, fun, you know, like, okay. like... I don't know. I think it's a weird distinction, but... I I think there's there's a line like to me like gore has to be somewhat like a realistic well not I guess that's true like when I think of the Kill Bill and like the crazy 88s when you like when she slices a head off and it's just fountains of yeah, blood that's yeah. so absurd like that doesn't bother me yeah yeah but like, like Reanimator where it's like en engrossed body parts that are moving around like snakes like that's gross. Look, this is this is irrelevant to it. The, like the, the point is in this movie, like the the things like think of the main bad guy in this movie when you see him, right? Yeah. He's so remotely not. Like, I wouldn't call anything with him gore. Like nothing with him is gory. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's weird. Okay. But not gory. All right. <laughs> you can disagree. That's okay. <laughs> to say you disagree we can move on that's fine <laughs> I disagree okay that's fine without the set in debate the, the merits of reanimator which I've not seen in like four years and I don't remember these parts you're talking about so well I, I mean I think maybe you can call it sci-fi and we can watch it no I've heard it on the streams I mean, Ranimator's kind of borderline. It's definitely got a bit of sci-fi in it, but I would say that yes. one, that, that veers more towards horror. Okay, well, we'll decide next October. <laughs> I'll decide. Yes, yes, you'll decide. Well, you say that as if this is for October. It's the end of November. Yeah, yeah we have time. No, but this one wasn't for October. You know. Okay. I thought... It would be a were... horror sci-fi thing. That's what I'm talking about. I know, but I thought you said it as if this was as if it was a follow-up to this being this year's like no thing. No, I just meant like we'll do it next October. Okay. Well, we'll see. That means yes. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I could say no if I want to. What else do you like about the movie? Uh, I mean, I am a warm-blooded man. It's hard not to deny the 
Barbara Crampton gets into some outfits in this one that's memorable. You hey, get a, a smooth hey, Jeffrey Combs also. Hey, and let's not forget, Conf- Ken Forey <laughs> runs around an entire scene in his little tight red... Uh, yeah, that was for the ladies. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> his little tight red uh, underpants. Yeah. Banana hammock. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, he's like diving downstairs. He's like, you know, he's, it's like an action scene. And he's like, and this, like, that's all he's wearing is his red underwear. That's it. That's all he's got. He likes to be cool when he sleeps. Apparently. Especially in this house. Though. This house is just getting like, you know, hornier and hornier uh, as, the, yeah. as, the, as the movie's going on. Uh, it's very important. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's just this fun ideas. I mean, it's one of those things where you can kind of feel the budget a little bit because it is all set in the house mostly, but um, all the practical effects are so outlandish and most of them really work well and there's a good variety to them uh, that it's kind of easy to get into the fun of it and sort of like enjoy the, the, the actor's kind of losing themselves into the kind of the, the crazier parts when they start to you know like either get a bit crazy or get a bit horny and they start to sort of just act a little bit off kilt yeah sorry not to have some fun with that uh so yeah there you go that's pretty much it it's also it's a very short movie it's like 80 minutes <laughs> you know it goes in super quick yeah it kind of feels like it has two endings also there's like a very satisfying moment where you think like it's over and they've won and then all of a sudden you're like wait there's 25 minutes left you thought I don't know if I agree with this <laughs> I don't remember thinking oh they've won with 25 minutes left but <laughs> uh, okay. well I don't want to say too much because we're not in spoilers yet yes yes no of course of course um, no I, I mean I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that uh, it's not over at the end of act 2 there's a, there's a third act yes. <laughs> where there may be more jeopardy otherwise it would be a very weird third act of just like oh everything's fine there let's just all sit around and uh chat for a bit and you know see out the op- the closing credits uh no it's a, it's, a, it's a fun time it's a fun time uh i'll get this bar the warning then so we can talk about uh all the the bits and pieces in some cases literally uh mm. so full spoilers for from beyond from this point forward from beyond this point well then yeah so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, the opening couple of scenes uh, is actually just Jeffrey Combs turning on the machine properly for the first time, and he wakes up uh, Dr. Man and says, hey, it works. The machine works. And right away, you don't like, you really see his room properly, right? But you can tell from just his, like, his, uh, his robe that he's, uh, mm-hmm. that he, at least he thinks he's like a, a sex beast, right? He's got like a Ricardo Montalban thing going on. Yeah, he's, he's got like a thin silk robe. Uh, yes. So it's, it's like it's your first sign that, hmm, <laughs> this dude's a bit of a player, seemingly. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it throws you at the deep end as well, because when, when we do come back to the house, like Ken Faree just walks into the, like, you, you, well, in fact, His we, sex room. we don't even see that. We, we hear, like, you know, whipping and screaming and panting and. Crampton walks in and Ken Faree's like just found like a a video that this guy's recorded of whipping someone and it's like oh, okay and then you look around the room and it's like oh okay we, <laughs> we, we got 50 shades of red in here uh yeah so 
it, like so those themes are kind of kind of there early on and it kind of, um not the only weird hint that there's going to be sexual themes in this movie um Need, need I point out that this is years before Silence of the Lambs, but actually beats it to the punch, pun intended, uh, when it comes to an inmate in a in a mental hospital furiously masturbating oh. uh, and looking at the... Well, in this case, it's a doctor as opposed to an FBI agent, but same, uh, same difference. Same difference. Uh, because Crampton comes to see Jeffrey Combs because she's... I don't know if she's like just interested in his case or if she's been like charged. I think she's she's interested in the guy who was killed in the beginning. His head was twisted off. Yeah, yeah. Which you only get a gl- sexy guy in the robe. You only get a glimpse of that though at the start of the movie. Like you see like a dog licking, and you get like just a yeah, glimpse the, of the, the neighbor, like the the cliche nosy neighbor who's uh, got a little like poodle or something, and she's got her hair like in one of those like shower caps, but yeah. she doesn't she's got full makeup on so she clearly hasn't showered and <laughs> yeah it is gross though like the she follows the, the little white poodle looking thing that's licking the the headless corpse of of but this you, uh, doctor you, you get just a glimpse though and you can tell that it's not like a regular decapitation because it's it, got like a coiled effect to it yeah yeah it was like a sort of point to the top of it uh, mm-hmm. like a walnut whip for anyone who's what a walnut whip is um and it's like, wait, that's a weird visual. What's going on there? And obviously, we get to see later on exactly how this happened. But uh, well, not to wait, him. Is a walnut whip when like guys in the locker room like do the thing with a towel <laughs> to your walnuts? No. <laughs> and it, then I don't know what it is. It, it it's a it's a chocolate cream and nut treat. <laughs> <laughs> that is purchasable seems in the like UK. a coiled up towel being whipped on someone's walnuts to no, me no no <laughs> why, why hey, would... both work both analogies work no they don't how, how does the head that's decapitated head look like a towel because it's all it's a wrapped up towel it's all coiled up how did you call coil a towel like this that's like maybe if you're like someone who can do like origami, you could do a towel like this. Well, like when it's all wrapped up, it looks like it's coiled up. I mean, it's good that you don't know, I guess. No, but if you've got a towel and you go like that, you you get like a more of a, like, that this is more like a, uh, I guess it's more like an ice cream that comes out of a machine where you get the point. That's mm-hmm. what it looks like. Like soft serve. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the end of the towel, though, like, on either end would be like that. Whatever, it's not what you meant anyway. Yeah. Why are you you all hung up on this? I just disagree. Did I, did I trigger some trauma? I just, I just don't, I can't, I can't picture in my head how a a towel ends up looking (laughs) like that. Whatever, it works. Everyone at home, Google Walnut Whip. (laughs) Have a look at it. And then tell me if you think a towel can look like that. A towel can look like that if you if so you know, like a woman gets out of the shower and they sort of do the wrap around the head. Maybe you kind of get that shape vaguely with that. We spent way too much time on this. It's a we short. Need to move on and get over it already. It's a short movie. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> There's plenty to talk about. Um, 
So yes, uh, Ken for me is a very nice chap when he first shows up. He's uh, yeah, you know, he's a happy guy. Yeah, he's cracks some jokes. He tries to be friendly. He doesn't seem like he, you know, is belittling Jeffrey Combs. I do, I, I do have to ask a question though. <clears throat> when they get to the house, right, the three of them in the van, and they go inside and the power's out, and you know, part of the reason why the power's out is because Jeffrey Combs, like, you know, pulled the power to try and help shut off everything off when he was leaving. Um. Jeffrey Combs, like, just Batman's out of the scene, and he was, like, standing right next to Ken Faree, and, like, Barbara Crampton turns around and goes, where's, you know, whatever his name is in the movie, and Faree's like, oh, shit, we lost a crazy person. He was right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, Combs is a little guy, Ken Faree's quite big. He was standing right next to him, like, how how could he possibly get away from you, given where you were standing? <laughs> He knows the house. And and the idea that he didn't notice until Barbara Crampton said, hey, where's that guy? <laughs> He's like, well, oh, there's shit. a lot to be distracted by in this house. <laughs> Not yet, there isn't. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty intriguing looking front entry. Moving on. Uh, so they <laughs> to get power back on. And Barbara Crampton's like, okay, you're going to turn the machine back on. And Jeffrey Combs like, no, 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 no. That's a bad idea. It'll get us. It'll get us. It ate him. It, then it'll come after us. And Ken Free's like, yeah, what do you mean that's it? What's this it all about? <laughs> Maybe we should, you know, rethink this a little bit. Uh, but she convinces Jeffrey Combs to repair the machine. And they turn it on. And we never really talked about what they see when they turn the machine on. I guess this is as good a time as any. Um, there's a bit of a flashing purple light, but the the main thing is that there's kind of like eels swimming in the air is maybe the best I could describe them, uh, at least to begin with. Uh, there's some other things uh, that kind of you know like the, the the more spidery thing that seems to bite Ken Faree's arm at one point, you know, jumps at him. Uh, although I think that's a later scene; it's not in this one. Uh, but yeah, the, the dead doctor shows up and basically something absorbed his head and now like there's a being here that ha- seems to have his personality and memories but he's a little bit diff- i mean th- in this first time he's just kind of sweaty looking he's not like too non-human yeah he shows up and he's totally like it's just his naked self yeah just yeah all proud and everything <laughs> just standing there talking to everybody yeah, looking a bit sweaty, or maybe slimy is a better word. Like, you well, know, he, he tells he tells Combs to touch him to see if he's real, and like he puts his fingers on him, and it leaves like this huge imprint, like he's actually all gooey, and then he rips his face off, like he rips his own face off. Yeah, yeah, uh, which we see uh, like in greater effect later when because the because the image that's used on the posters like the second time we see him, which is where half of his face yeah. is like just properly like slanted all the way down. Like fused with his shoulder and stuff, yeah. yeah. And he just sort of like, it's like, like the, the, the entire like uh, left hand side of his body is just completely uh, turned into this goop of mass. Yeah, uh, it's very, um, it's very society effects. If you've seen that film, Society, I have. Yes. Yeah, it's very much. It reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so just body parts like fused together with extra flaps of skin and. Lots of goo. There's lots of goo in this film. But he gets intimidated enough uh, that they shut it off. And uh, But one of the key points we actually glossed over here is that before the the naked dude shows up, 
they all have a <laughs> they all have a moment. So Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Camp are looking at each other and they're clearly getting a little bit turned on. And then for Ken Foree, he just kind of looks at them and then sort of goes, ah, shit. And it's not until later that I realise what his old shit was. Yeah. <laughs> because he says it in the next scene where they're, they're sitting around the, the, the breakfast table and he's like, so why did that get hard on? <laughs> a raging hard on. <laughs> a raging hard on, yes. That was the exact line. <laughs> and Barbara comes like, well, you know, it stimulates the brain, but I mean, it also clearly stimulates uh, sexually as well. And it's the uh because it causes they're using some sort of a resonance in order to activate this other dimension but that resonance also stimulates the pineal gland which is where like the pleasure parts of the brain i guess are as well well yeah i think the way they described it is that the pineal gland it's like it's like actually that itself that's letting you see the other dimension yes uh so you're enhancing it's almost like you know like like you know you only use part of your brain blah blah that old myth it's almost like i kind of tap into that but just with a very specific part of the brain and say no that's mm-hmm. that's one part we enhance that and we can see into another dimension but the problem is is that then the monsters can also see us and mm-hmm. it's like we're tapping into something we shouldn't be and that's part of the fun i think this movie is about drugs it's about drug use it's about people who are unsatisfied with the pleasures of the world and try drugs and then are able to i mean some like there's obvious like links to hallucinatory drugs where you just can see things that no one else can and then but also it's about pleasure because drugs release it's a quick fix of dopamine and once you experience that it's hard to break it's very addictive because your brain's like more please (laughs) so i think that's why we have Barbara Crampton, like this goody doctor lady who goes down this rabbit hole of she gets a taste of it and is stimulated and wants more of it, but can't control it. You know, Jeffrey Combs watched his mentor be obsessed with it and die. <laughs> so he's afraid of it. But but he keeps getting like, uh, like almost peer pressured into doing it again or forced into a situation that he can't get out of it. And he is still addicted to it. And he still likes it. So that's what I think this movie is about. Yeah, I, I can't really argue any of that. Um, it's also very, you know, Nancy Reagan era, War on Drugs era. I, I think a lot of this film is just like, you can just compare it to drug use. Yeah, but yeah. You you, you bring this era up a few times here or there. Um, I, I I'm not that familiar with it. Because I'm younger than you. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, you're not American, also. I'm also not American. That's also true. Um, like I literally didn't know that uh, Ronald's wife was Nancy until you mentioned her name one day. Yeah, Nancy Reagan was very like. Uh, yeah. She was like all over television. I mean, I wasn't really around for much of that time either, and I was uh, very very young. But like the the legacy of Nancy Reagan lives on. <laughs> And the war on drugs was very damaging to a particular people in the U.S. I don't... It's funny, because I, I don't think it's, like, preachy, though, or anything. Like, the movie... Oh, it's, no, it, no. It's there as subtext if you're looking for it, but I don't think it's in your face, uh, mm-hmm. by any means. Um, they even have the... Uh, there's a, a slight Deep Blue Sea comparison in that Crampton's goal here is that she believes this may actually help with curing schizophrenia, and her argument <laughs> is that maybe everyone with schizophrenia, like, if they all have, like, you know, this part of their brain's all enhanced, 
unnaturally, you know, by accident, maybe they're all just seeing some of these monsters, and that's what makes them all seem like they're nuts. And I'm like, I feel, at least from a modern perspective, that felt very belittling of what schizophrenia actually is to me. But I don't think they meant any harm with it. It was just, it came off as, like, just nonsense movie science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, In the same way that in Deep Blue Sea, like, you know, Saffron Burrows, you know, uh, that woman that's made of wood. And I say that... Yeah, she's trying to cure Alzheimer's by studying shark brains. Yeah, shark brains will let us cure Alzheimer's. Uh, When I say made of wood, I meant because our acting's very wooden. Just to make that that joke 100% clear. Um, So... Yeah, so that kind of sets up her, her things. And she's immediately like, okay, we're going to have to do the experiment again. And Ken Freeway's like, oh, hell no. We're just going to leave. Like, as soon as, that's all rest, because we have to rest. Right? We've had a lot taken yes. out of us. But then we're going to leave. But Barbara Crampton wakes up mid-sleep and just... She can't stop thinking about it. And she's thinking about it. She wants to go up. Um, I mean, we sort of see all of them while they're sleeping, and they're all, like, having some probably some crazy dreams yeah it's funny because you went to the drugs thing and i like obviously there was a moment later on where ken for says that she's acting like an addict or, or the junkie i think mm-hmm. was the exact word um but i i actually because i wasn't thinking of from that lens i i was thinking it purely in a sexual way i i was thinking this was more like uh like sex addiction or something you know like because the way she's drawn back up to it, and I can see how it's easily just flippable into oh she's like need their next fix and i, I suppose yeah. even sex addiction is ultimately you could boil down to fixies uh if you want to but the, the yeah way she... I, I mean i think that's what i think that's what hellraiser is often like about also versus this is more of like the drugs thing yeah but the way she's drawn back up to it where she's like you know like going up and she's like seductively flipping the this the lever <laughs> and like you know it's all very like the forbidden fruit of you know she's, she's basically she's eve pinching the apple right now okay that's what mm-hmm. she's doing she's pinching the apple she's She's going too far towards the, the, the proverbial sun. Uh, but, of course, this actually ends in, like, n- numerous tragedy where Ken Free gets bit this time by a monster. Uh, Dr. Man is, like, half-melted, as we men- mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, she, like, until they come in and, like, help her, like, shut things down, which takes a lot of effort, because, I mean, they don't shut it down from up here, like, they get blocked from stopping it, and, like, they have to run down into the basement. This is when Ken Furry's in his underwear, and the basement's get a monster in it. There's a big, like, sort of, like, water alien snake-looking thing in the, the basement that's yeah. blocking the power switch. It looks kind of like the uh, sandworms on a smaller scale, but it's yeah. kind of like the same type of, like a, like a giant leech, really. Because we, we see Barbara Crampton's getting her head munched, uh, and at the same time, Jeffrey Combs is getting his entire upper body munched by the snake thing, and it's only just mm-hmm. here where it finally gets shut off. But this leaves Jeffrey Combs without any of his hair. He's got, like, markings all over the top of his body. He looks like... He looks like he's been through hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, it's affected him as well, because now his pineal gland's starting to, like, grow. Uh, but... We, should, we shouldn't gloss over the fact that Barbara Crampton straight up is about to be raped by an alien mutated dude. Uh, yeah. B- before they jump in, because he rips off her... With like, elongated fingers. Yeah, that was the thing. It's, like, it's not just that he rips off her top, right? And then he goes, rips off her, her underpants, too. You don't see it, but like he, he reaches down and rips it off a smaller piece of cloth. So I think it's just... Like, oh, you're supposed to assume that those are her panties. Well, suggestive. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. yeah. Uh, but... It's not just that he rips them off, though, and goes in for a feel. It's that they have this practical effect, like you said, where the fingers sort of, like, go longer. 
So it's these yeah. goofy, big, like alien-looking fingers that are like groping her just to like make it a bit more mm-hmm. ickier, a bit more like it's not even human hands anymore. It's it's something else, and it it just this uh, all the visuals of this stuff, like the the the, the monster that's in the the basement in the water, uh, how he looks now, the main dude, like all of that stuff is just. And this is this is by far not the most disgusting thing though. Uh, I'll get to the most disgusting moment of the whole movie <laughs> later on, <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um. So, yes. So of course they're going to leave, right? Makes sense to leave. You know, it's like I mean, hell, Jeffrey Combs needs a needs a hospital. He needs, he needs medical attention. Look at him. Yeah, he's yeah. he's in a rough spot. Ken Faree. Well, I think also this is the point where like they try to shut down the machine. Oh, never mind, because. I, that wasn't maybe that was in the beginning where the machine was like activating itself that happens more than once uh i, I think you may be thinking the next time it turns on because it t- t- turns on again before they go right because they they do shut it down they shut everything down yeah because ev- everything shuts down again here which is why i don't think it was this well, previous time yeah okay and then barbara crampton doesn't uh i thought they escape after she uses the the um like the fire extinguisher on it you know, the good old trusty fire extinguisher that works, it does many things. <laughs> I don't remember which time she used that, but I mean, regardless, it doesn't matter because like this, this next section plays out after the machine's off for a while. Okay. Well, they haven't left, you said they left the house, but we haven't had like the well, dominatrix haven't. scene oh, yet. I haven't said that yet though. Oh, okay. Okay. You <laughs> just said that we got to get him to a hospital. Yeah. 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 So, so okay. that's because Ken Faree's packing to leave and he's like, he's, and he's found some clothes. He's put on his old football jersey, right? So he's uh, wanting to go, and he tells Barbara Crampton to get dressed, right? We have to leave. Uh, when he goes out to pack, <laughs> she does get dressed, technically. <laughs> uh, because I, I, as Jeffrey Combs is lying there, and he's not even, like, conscious, he's, like, asleep and, like, out of it, uh, she starts, like, putting her hand in the shackles and like touching all the sex equipment and she's like oh like this is all yeah very exciting it comes to sleeping in this room yeah yeah i wouldn't want to sleep in that bed honestly i know see, see if i woke <laughs> see if i woke up injured and i'm like you put me in the weird sex perverse bed like <laughs> with like the leopard print sheets <laughs> like really there wasn't any other spot she could have put me on um <laughs> but she finds some uh dominatrix gear puts it on and starts to sexually assault Jeffrey Combs while he's lying there with no physical control whatsoever. Um, I, I, I think the creepiest part of this though, it's not even just when she gets on top of him, it's when she puts her hand down the sheets, yeah, fondles him and then brings her hand up and just just slightly tastes her hand. Just slightly. Yeah. Like, that doesn't like suck on her <laughs> finger, just like, just gives it a slight little, it's almost like she's like, like she's dipped her finger in some soup to taste it. Like, oh. Like it's like <laughs> just a little little smidge. Yeah. I don't know why that's creepier than just like going all in, but it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially since she was like just sexually assaulted. <laughs> so she's that, uh, and now she's she's doing it to somebody else. So she's she's definitely gone far down the rabbit hole here. Of. Uh, I mean, if you want to relate no. that back to the drugs, I guess that's like the spread of addiction. Maybe as you could yeah. argue, like because you know, like 
you know, if someone shoots you up with heroin, you're probably going to want more heroin, even though you never made the choice <laughs> yeah. to take the heroin in the first place. So. Well, yeah, plus this whole thing is like, well, this stimulates the, the, the pleasure part of the brain. So like your your drug use is linked to that also. So in this case, it's, it's shown uh, through sexual acts. So like she's getting deeper and deeper into the sexual, like, you know, the the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we're calling it now the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen those movies, so I I don't know, but it, what I imagine those movies are supposed to be about. Okay. Unfortunately, I've seen two of them. Uh, I don't... I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, nobody does. They, they should... Honestly, that movie should be renamed Red Flags because all, all that movie was was like, there's a red flag. Oh, there's another red flag. There's a lot of red flags in this movie. Yeah. Um, so, they do leave, but unfortunately it's not until after Ken Faree bakes because the machine turns itself back on. Like, you know, the sparks start to form in the basement and then everything yeah. starts putting itself and back together. And then Jeffrey Combs like wakes back up suddenly, like uh, just because of the 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 machine turned back on. I'm like, okay, that turned you back on. Well, not well, more or less than one, but like <laughs> Barbara Crampton did it. <laughs> Part of me suspects that he let things happen. That's all. Like, let's just see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I think the implication is is that he got a jolt in the brain, which woke him up from the machine. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think she would have stopped if he woke up. Is it? I, 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 I think. No, I don't think so either. I think if he woke up and sort of gave an approving look, it wouldn't have stopped her. For, it's, it's not like she was only in, like tempting fate because it was like sneaky. Yeah. Well, I mean, he tried to stop her before when she was making out with him, because he kept trying to turn off the machine, and she was would stop him yeah. and like well, make it, out with them and that's, that's because he, he would give into it and then stop he, again he was still conscious enough to try and fight it because he, he, he was you know he was realizing what was happening but occasionally he was you know he was losing himself in the moment because the the stimulation and you yeah. know the the, the cramped one <laughs> she's a very attractive lady <laughs> i'll think of a good nickname by the end uh so but that's unfortunately where Ken Free meets his end because uh, they're getting attacked by a swarm of like bugs from the other dimension when they're trying to turn everything off. They look like chocolate chips to me. And Ken Free is able to sort of like attract them to him, but they just straight up eat through his clothes and then his body. So we get this practical effect at the end where they've got his head like sticking through the floor, obviously, but they've got like animatronic like, skeleton arms and yeah, it looks stuff. good. Yeah. It- it's a nasty death that you feel bad for because he's yeah. been such a nice guy the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like like been mostly eaten, but like in a weird way where like part of him's just dissolved. Yeah, he was a level-headed one as well, and, and I yeah. guess the whole idea like because Jeffrey Combs complains early on. You know, now I'm thinking about it. Like he says, you know, he would always bring women back with him, and I'd have to listen to them. I just lie there and listen to the streams. <laughs> <laughs> so so the idea that like now he's like tempted into something uh mm. like in his wake is, is kind of one of the, the dynamics as well because uh we do actually leave the place though because we end up at the hospital and like the sort of mean doctor lady who was given a lot of shit at the start to barbara crampton is like 
checking out Jeffrey Combs and they can't deny he's got some sort of weird technical thing coming out of his forehead at this point. Yeah, it's fully like burst through. Yes. Which was a gross scene. His gland has ascended, shall we say. Yeah, he's got like an antenna now. Which gives him like a weird video filler. Uh, when we see a POV shot, we, we see it through like a weird color filler. Yeah, but he kind of has that like Hellraiser moment also of like when somebody becomes a Cenobite and even though it's a really painful experience, afterwards they're like, why did I hesitate? <laughs> this is exactly, this is the most pleasure I've ever felt. The same with um with this one too. Like he, he goes through like body hell and then afterwards he's like, oh, it's a relief and I, I feel amazing. So... Yeah, because uh, so Barrow Captain gets like basically yelled at by the police. Uh, the policeman who gave her the the permission to do all this is mad at her now for ruining everything, and it's like, well, you did, like, how did you see this going? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe not this extremely bad, but you know, this is kind of on you, uh, which is maybe why he's so upset with her. He's he's he's, he's you know, deflecting a little bit, uh, but. Uh, Jeffrey Combs gets up and wanders around and he tries to eat something. There's like some like leftover like hospital food on a trolley and he tries to eat it and he spits it. He's like, oh, this is disgusting. And then it's the mean doctor lady who comes into like the room to find him. He's found some like human brains and like storage that he's eaten. And she says, oh, you shouldn't eat that. It'll make you sick. And he, he says it's delicious, but he drops it and then he looks at her. And basically he realizes that it'll be much better if it's fresh brains. And... And something that I don't think I've seen in any other movie, he decides to suck her brains out of her eye socket. So, so he goes up, gross. <laughs> he goes up and sucks her eye socket out, spits it out, and then starts just sort of sucking her eye hole, which is yeah. Is this the one that got you? No, it's not. This is not the disgusting okay. part. Actually, I thought him eating the the brains was pretty disgusting. It's pretty. It's like honestly, eating disgusting stuff does get to me. Like, yeah. but. I, that's the he was so into it and then he kind of has like a moment of horror real quick where he's like what am i doing what have i become yeah i mean the thing that disgusted me did involve a mouth so we'll get to that soon um <laughs> um so barbara crampton basically escapes the hospital as does jeffrey combs they're both going back to the house although Je barbara crampton at this point is now finally like realized that this has to be destroyed and she's going yeah. back to plant a bomb. Where she got this very, very movie-looking like bomb that's like a timer on a stick of dynamite? I don't know. Just roll with it. Just roll she with had, it. She had cop connections. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the hospital's got one. <laughs> Why is the hospital storing dynamite? <laughs> um, I don't know. In case of, I don't know. In case of a zombie outbreak. <laughs> So she gets there. Uh, Jeffrey Combs has to suck a few more brains out of some eye sockets. Uh, ambulance drivers, unfortunately, have to bite the dust so he can steal an ambulance. So good. <laughs> as as like the the weird homeless drunk guy on the stretchers, like just yelling, like <laughs> nonsensical things. The man with a snake in his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Now the bit that got me is obviously she sets the bomb and he comes in and he tries to stop her and he starts to fight her and tackle her and whatever. Uh is when she bites his his uh his gland. Mm. That's the yeah. moment I think is disgusting. Uh and it works, don't get me wrong, it's effective. And it actually cures him. Like he, he comes he turns back into Jeffrey Combs after that. Yeah. 
not visually, he still looks bald and he's, he's lost everything still, but he's, he, personality wise. a weird hole in his head. Yes. Yes. He's, he's got a, an orifice where. <laughs> well, the... he can't. Well, now he. I mean, she took away the the thing that resonates with the with the machine, so he's not getting any pleasure from it anymore. Um, I'm not sure how he will live but anyway. If you yeah, lose I, I, your pineal gland. I, yeah, I feel like you need that still to live, but I mean, I don't know. I'm not a neuroscientist. Maybe the regular gland's still in there. Maybe like this was like an extension of it, so she's just yeah. cut off the the extra bit. Yeah, it was just engorged. <laughs> <laughs> so uh there's a lot of other fun stuff here towards the end where uh once again we see the main doctor dude and he actually we get to see kind of like what the monster probably looked like before it merged with him because we actually get to see it rip off jeffrey Combs's head like and you actually get to see it twisting the head mm-hmm. so it's like oh this is how it does it it grabs the head and then twists uh which i guess makes sense that's probably the most obvious thing but it was just such a perfect twist when you got that first yeah. glimpse that it was like oh what did this Oh, <laughs> uh, so we we get this weird thing though, where as, as it chases her back up into the attic where the the machine is, um, like the doctor's merged back or the, the doctor personality with the deformity all has come back out of the monster, but then Jeffrey Combs is in there as well and he fights out. He gets like born and yells at her to I run. I love that moment. It's it's really good, but then, then it kind of absorbs him back in, so it's kind of like a struggle. Like he's not just like winning and like like, but yeah, he is he, in there. He looks like his own his old self again too when he does it. Like he's got his hair; yeah. he's not like deformed or anything. He's like trying to escape from the monster, yeah. like whatever he, part of him is there. Yeah, he looks kind of like Neil waking up in the the bathtub, like in the real world. Yeah, but he's got hair. He's yeah. got hair. Yeah, but he's, he's but that's, that's what yeah, he's, he's got. Like, goo. Bl- blood and goo, <laughs> and yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. But it's like a constant struggle because he gets kind of pulled back in after a minute. But it's, it's, it's slowing down the monster enough that it gives her a chance to get out. I will say, though, because we actually see the timer on the bomb is like 32 seconds. And I swear like a minute passes and then we cut back to it and it's at 23 seconds. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, just the movie stuff. <laughs> this 30 seconds is the longest 30 seconds I've seen in quite some time. <laughs> um... So that's basically the ending. The the one little thing though is that uh, the 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 nosy neighbor and a bunch of other neighbors apparently, even though this this house feels like it's in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's near like a like street with lots of buildings. But a mm-hmm. lot of neighbors emerge to see because there's a, an explosion. You know, this this the attics it blew up at this point, and like the meth like the meth lab <laughs> blew up, <laughs> and they, they all come round to see what's happened, and they're asking if she's okay, if she's okay. Yeah, she's got a little body horror also going on because she had to jump from the second story of the building as it was blowing up. Mm-hmm. And, like, her bones are sticking out of her knee. I forget, yeah, I forgot about the broken leg. You're right. Yeah, right. Uh, and she cries, but then it turns into a maniacal laugh, and that's when we cut to credits. And it's kind of like, oh, is her gland... Uh, <laughs> has her gland <laughs> evolved too much? <laughs> yeah. Has she gone too far? She can't come back. Yeah. Uh... I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, the, the subtext is there about the drugs. I mean, all, all, you could sort of boil it down, though, both on the surface and under the surface as, like, toying with things that we shouldn't be toying with. Uh, you know, on a literal sense, it's like going into, like, another dimension and, like, tackling things we don't understand and just doing it because it, get you know, gives us a pleasure. And the uh, subtext is, you know, 
trying to add more happiness and like mm-hmm. sources of dopamine and all the rest of it 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 works well enough um i, I don't think it's like a super deep movie though like i, I think it's like a really good b movie with great practical effects and a good cast which is fairly well directed um mm-hmm. But I, I do think there's a, you know, like, I think there's a reason why I would say Hellraiser is a better movie than this is. I would agree with that. And yeah. Reanimator, I think, is a better movie. Uh, yeah, I would say Reanimator is better, too. Um, I'm just trying to compare it directly with, with Hellraiser, because it, A, because of the themes, but because I, I think that's specifically in, like, that, like, oh, that's actually, like, a, like a, a genuine great horror classic, where this is, like, a really good cult movie, mm-hmm. right? And it's a lot of fun... And they put a lot of effort into the effects, and those are delightful to watch, as are the actors. Uh, but, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's like... This was a fun gem to find when I found it. Uh, and I, I'll, you know, I'll, every so often I'll have fun watching it again. It's, it's a mm-hmm. very rewatchable movie. Uh, but it doesn't, like, hit the highs of, like, a, like an actual, you know, classic of the genre where, you know, it's, you know, it's not one of the first ten sci-fi movies you're going to recommend to someone. Well, yeah, and I think, um, like, even compared to Hellraiser, Hellraiser, I think, takes itself a lot more seriously than this film does. hmm Yeah. So it's easier to, like, say, well, yeah, that's, like, a genuinely great, great movie. But uh, this one is much more campy and low-budget. <clears throat> Although, I don't know, maybe the budgets are kind of Yeah, similar. I was just thinking about it. I don't know if the budgets are that different. I mean... I mean, I, I mean it had some special effects, some really great special effects in Hellraiser, but... Um, I'd say this is probably a bit more effects heavy than Hellraiser is, but uh, Hellraiser definitely has a lot more on location. I don't know stuff. that makeup stuff in Hellraiser is pretty incredible. <laughs> no, no, you're right. right. Yeah, especially the skinless dude. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah. lot of that. a lot of him. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm thinking the Cenobites and like one monster. <laughs> there is a lot more than that. And there's like the scene where it, it has, it's like a claymation scene where the guy comes back, but mm. yeah, but uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, this one definitely feels more camp. It's got that Stuart Gordon look to it that we expect. And but, plus, you know, you get actors like Jeffrey Combs, you kind of expect a certain type of film. Yeah, I've not seen all of Stuart Gordon's films, but I think, you know, this uh, definitely reanimator. I, I, I remember having fun with Dolls, which was around the same time. Uh, you know, I dig those movies. I, I wasn't any Castle Freak, uh, and Robot Jocks was was all right, but it definitely it, it kind of feels. I'd like to, to watch it again, but yeah, it 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 was a bit disappointing. Yeah, it kind of feels to me like he's he's a director who's got a lot of gems, or at least three anyway, in the eighties. But his nineties works a bit more, like you know, much like a lot of these films, like Empire Pictures, even who was behind this movie, like you know, their output, like you you look at um. Because Empire, I think, became Full Moon, or the, the same people mm-hmm. behind Empire became Full Moon, or started Full Moon. And if you look at the first Transfers, which is low budget, but you compare Transfers 1 to Transfers 5, which was later in the 90s, and it's like, uh, uh, you can, there's a difference. Like, you can feel the decline <laughs> yeah. of yeah. quality. Even happening. for a Transfers movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, yes. I want to say Empire. I want to say Charles Band had something to do with Empire before he went off and did filming. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm I think, I think you're right. Uh, well, def- they're definitely linked somehow. They're definitely linked. I, I'm, I, I know it in my bones. 
<laughs> I don't want my bones. I'd have to go back and check why. Yeah, but... speaking of bones, like some of the scenes in the in the at the end when the monster is like, uh, like merging with Jeffrey Combs and he keeps trying to escape, and there's this like, uh, you you see like different like heads that are glued together, mm. like try to peel up apart from each other, and like you see this like skulls and stuff form, and ugh, it's really gross. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, really good stuff. Fun movie. Good effects. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if you're in the mood for the sort of thing we just described, then mm-hmm. you'll have a good time with it. Uh, if you're wanting something a bit more, you know, like this is not 2001. It's not, you know, Alien. It's you know, it's just not a lot of these other things. But if you're wanting a good B movie for your sci-fi night. From Beyond's mm-hmm. uh, a good one to go for. Totally. It's definitely a good one. It's a good date movie. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, just at the end of the movie, like, so are you uh, stimulated, honey? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have never do that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Some girls make you watch. Uh, oh god, I've forgotten the name. Dirty Dancing. Some girls make you watch Dirty Dancing for <laughs> for a night of loving, but some girls pick from beyond. <laughs> Those are the keepers. <laughs> Your pencil, is, yeah. yeah, Gus is uh, acting strange. He just went after the tree, and the tree's got one ornament on it that will talk to you if you get too close to it. Ah, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I thought I could hear uh, something that wasn't a cat. <laughs> yeah, it was R2-D2 and C-3PO telling him that uh, there's a, a present peeker. I put the okay. Christmas tree up. <laughs> well, okay. I think it's time to rate from beyond. What are you, uh, are you on it? I, I do really like this movie. I've seen it twice now, and I do find it a very stimulating picture. Uh, also, like, it doesn't slow down. Uh, I think it's really fun, really well-paced. Uh, I love Jeffrey Combs. Like, I love Jeffrey Combs, and I'm, I, I'll am i watch anything that he's in. And um, I'm going to give this a high recommendation and give it an 8. Um, yeah. They may just scrape about an 8, I think. I'm definitely giving it a seven point five. I'm not going any lower than that. So it's a. I'll go seven point five. I'll go a little, just a, just a smidge, just a smidge lower. Uh, but it's a really fun time. I would recommend. So, there you go. From beyond, uh, you know, I think my barometer for this type of movie—it's not the exact same thing, but I think like what I would compare this to. Obviously, we compared it to Hellraiser for themes, right? But in terms of like style and when I'm in the mood for a movie like this, I think what I'd actually compare it to for that, I would say The Blob, 1988, would be like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that may be a good double feature with that is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that one's got a lot more humor in it, but yeah. like it's it's got the right kind of gore. Yeah. So, cool. Um, I'm going to make Tara pose for the thumbnail. So that's the thing. I don't know what you're going to do for this. <laughs> uh, I, I could, I could like tint his purple, I suppose, on the thumbnail, like when the machine's <laughs> turned on. If you want to look, you know, sure, yeah. shocked at something. Give us know. a, give us a magenta glow. 
<laughs> All right, uh, just make sure the tip of your head. There you go. This isn't peeking out. All right, five, five, three, two, one, pause. Wait, I can't do it. Here. Does that work? <laughs> I'll find out. I mean, <laughs> I tried to get my pineal gland out. I have to censor it. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can whip out your pineal gland without uh, <laughs> without being asked for it. Seems a bit dodgy. Uh, <laughs> next time uh, on the Atomic Serum Experiment, we don't actually have the exact movie for you, uh, but we can tell you that we are doing 70s month uh, over December. So the next four episodes will all be 70s movies. So look forward to that. Um should be fun time so cool uh obviously technically the first one i think it will be december but it could maybe be the late the, the tippy end of november depending um and likewise there might be an episode right at the end of december for matrix 4 uh but that also might just be like in the tippy start of january but either way it's four episodes of 70s uh so it's a christmas miracle 70s month uh, and we do plan doing like a top 25 of the 70s uh, for New Year's. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, fun time. All right. Uh, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. Like and subscribe. All that stuff. Get us onto the, the Twitters at Screams Midnight. All these things do help us out. But of course, you can help us financially. <laughs> can it, Tara? That's right. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as little as one dollar per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of the Ace, where we are currently working through some franchises like uh, Tremors, which is really exciting. We did the first one on the Ace, regular Ace, but all the sequels have been on the bonus episodes. And you get uh, lots of other good gems. So head on over, check that out. And if you donate five dollars per month. You will get access to these reviews one day early and you will get to vote on what we watch once a month. Very exciting stuff. Very engaging for fans. Uh, I'll Very stimulating. I'll also add that one of the higher tiers you get to become a producer. So I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palaces, David Sharp, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown and Stanley. Uh, they are the Patreon producers for the month. So thank you very much. Uh... Uh, that about does it. That about does it. Uh, that wraps up the show. That has been From Beyond. And uh, we will see you beyond the coming week for the next episode. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies. And computer, add salsa. <laughs>